Well, hello, everyone. This is Robin Walter with Red Sky Radio. God bless you. Today, uh, boy, we got a packed program, as always. You know, I have decided to lay out a course of events for the remainder of June, which is no longer called June. It's just called Pride Month, right? Don't even call it June. And since homosexuals want this to be Pride Month, uh, we're going to spend... The uh, this and maybe the next two lessons lessons listen to me uh, programs on issues of homosexuality from a social standpoint, from a um, maybe a medical standpoint, certainly from a biblical standpoint. You're going to get the rundown in a future week on virtually every biblical passage that deals with it, so you are armed because the fight is on. They've waged the war, and then when you push back, they claim that you are uh, you're committing violence, you're threatening, you're intimidating them, blah, 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 all the usual crapola. So it's sort of like you know, somebody is after you, they, they take eight or nine swings at your face, and then you finally take a swing in self-defense, and you get charged with assault and battery. So they say, all this divisiveness. Well, they bring in the division. And then when there's pushback, they say, you're, you're at fault. It's a typical satanic plan. It is satanic. I've gotten actually quite a bit of response to my question, do you think Satan could be queer? And I think the comment that has triggered this more than anything else is the fact that biblically, the sodomites really loved and preferred and went after angels. And in this life, they go after children. The two uh, beings, if you will, angelic beings and children, representing really that which is pure, the enemy seeks to defile. They want that more than anything else. Because, let's face it, homosexuals cannot procreate in the sense other than by what? How do homosexuals procreate? Grooming. That's how they procreate. They groom. Even if they adopt a child, that child that's been adopted is being groomed. They make up 2% of the population, but children of queer parents that have been adopted are now 24% of them are queer. You think that's accidental? It's horrific. It's a crime against nature. And that's what sodomy was defined as in early days, as a crime against nature. You don't even have to be a Christian to know that it's wrong. So this program, we are going to start the fight. And I don't know if I'll get to it on this program or not. I certainly will in the in a coming program. How do you distinguish what type of fight you fight? There are those battles that are exclusively in the heavenlies, and you come against it with prayer. And also, 
when you are approaching individuals uh, that are, I mean, just individual homosexuals, the approach is different than when you are addressing a cultural movement designed to seduce, suppress, and groom young children. Two very different approaches. But we're going to start today on the fighting side, actually. And I've decided to give this program a title. One of the most famous comments that Bugs Bunny or would make uh, routinely said, when he got pushed around, sometimes of his own making, but when he'd get pushed around by Elmer Fudd or Daffy Duck, he would frequently respond with, of course, this means war. And that's where we are. It is now war. It has always been war, but at what point do you push back? I'm not taking the Mennonite pacifistic approach to this. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. That's Ecclesiastes. Now it's a time for war. They've declared the war. We're in a self-defense mode. And so I want to start with some good news, actually. Odd, maybe the way it'll come out here, but where there is pushback occurring because the queers have pushed too far, too hard, too fast, but we're still letting them get away with too much. And this comes out of Massachusetts. Whether the Massachusetts is such a screwed up state. I really don't know why anybody lives there. But anyway, at a school, I can't even think of the name of the school here. It's in my notes here somewhere. But they have the usual pro-LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ campaign. This is a middle school, junior high. The emphasis this year on tranny, transgenderism, cross-dressing, sex change operations, queer this, queer that. And some of the kids had had it. Some of the kids were sick and tired of it. Some of the kids started tearing down the queer posters, some of the kids started chanting, and I love this, our pronouns are USA. And instead of wearing the queer colors, you see, homosexuals can't even get the, they appropriate the rainbow and can't even get that right. They screw it up. But I'm glad. The rainbow has seven colors. The queer flag has six. Six is the color of man, seven is the color of perfection. It's sort of like they even know they were incomplete. But these students are not having it. They rise up, chanting our pronouns, we're USA. They tear down some pride crap, which is good. That wouldn't be, uh, that would be a worthy demo operation. That would be called property improvement and enhancement. But... The administration went ballistic. Absolutely. I just, you listen to the garbage. This is homophobic, and this homophobia has got to stop. And they don't even know what fo- a homophobia is. Phobia is a fear. I don't fear homosexuals. Not at all. Like one guy said, I heard him say, he said, I don't fear fags. In fact, I'm looking at that as a possible new, a new T-shirt. Burn the fag flag. Why not? Show that. And I, I got to tell you, there is a time for confrontation. We've gotten pushed around and shoved around this old town too long. And to that point, 
So there is an absolute breakout of a fight in Glendale, California, at a school board meeting over the LGBT, U V W X Y Z curriculum. So you've got the parents there who are up in arms against the administration. And who shows up to challenge them? Antifa. They aren't parents. They aren't school. They aren't in school there. They aren't parents there. They just show up like they did in Charlottesville to cause the problem. That's just what they do. They're filled with hate. They cannot stand and listen to anything constituting righteousness. And they become like the scribes and the Pharisees listening to the testimony of Stephen. And it said they became enraged. And they descended upon him with a wailing and gnashing of teeth and stoned them. That's what happens. They are unhinged, unbalanced, trigger-happy, and largely because they've been abused when they're children and they're finding desperately a way to deal with the sense of guilt and abuse outside of the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the only cure is deliverance from from sexual preference, not orientation, preference. But my point here that I want to bring out, who are these parents that are standing up? Who are these ones that are pushing back and bringing the challenge to the school board? They aren't Christians. The Christians aren't doing jack squat diddly in Glendale. It's the Armenians. It's Armenians are saying, this isn't the way we were raised. This isn't our culture. This is not, this is not how we were taught to behave. We don't like this. Knock it off. And you know who they have as allies in other parts of the country? Particularly places like Hamtramck, Michigan. Muslims. Muslims don't put up with this garbage, but the school boards don't have the guts to stand up to Muslims because they think that they might wake up with their head uh, uh, in another part of the bedroom. They're afraid they're going to get beheaded and attacked. They don't, they don't have any guts, but most of the Christians don't have any guts. We are sort of an emasculated, well, I don't know. I better not get going on that. And at fault are most of the pastors. I know one very personally. Doesn't have the guts to teach the truth about homosexuality from the pulpit. And why not? Because, well, a lot of people have gay children. Well, those are the ones that need to hear the truth. But it's the Armenians. It's the Muslims. And you know who's going to join them in greater proportion? Mexicans, El Salvadorans, Hondurans, ones who know that this crap is from hell. They may be or may not be Christians. They probably have some Catholic upbringing. Whether they're saved or not, who knows? You can be a lot of things and not be a Christian. And Catholic is one of them. Methodist is another one. Baptist, you could, whatever. You get my point. They don't buy into this. It's like that queer rally in Reading, Pennsylvania the other day. Reading, Pennsylvania is virtually all Hispanic. And here's the queer rally outside the courthouse, and it's a bunch of whites. Just a bunch of nauseating white folks who don't have the guts. They're, I don't know, they're rattled with guilt about all the things they don't dare to do and say, and then so they end up affirming the very thing they may not like. That's true of a lot of them. They have to affirm them or criticize those who 
push back against it to feel better about their gutlessness, their fecklessness. Living and walking eunuchs. Makes me want to hurl. But I love these students standing up. We need more like them. Another one, 4,000 UMC churches that said, you know what? We're out of here. The, the uh, gospel preached in the denomination started by John Wesley uh, was not pro-queer, pro-tranny, pro-abortion, and all this stuff. 4,000 churches have split from the United Methodist Church. I grew up in that denomination and grew up and grew out of it. And then I just got to repeat this because I, I, I appreciate it. I mentioned it last week. And it was from Uganda. These Ugandans who are pushing back on Joe Biden's pro-gay money. The money he sends there to try to uh, get people to be more diverse and inclusive. The president of Uganda, if you didn't hear it, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, hear it, signed the Anti-Homosexuality Act. And the video and the pictures, I love it. It's a lot of young black men, a number of them in suits, many of them college students, young black college students who are holding signs like, and I'm just looking at one here right now, no sodomy in Uganda. And another one, to hell with homosexuality. I don't have a problem with that because that's where it came from. It originated in hell and it spread to earth. I don't have a problem with that at all, but the Ugandans, they get it. And the fact is the whole push to make Uganda pro-queer and pro-abortion started with Barack Hussein Obama. He went over there. He made a trip there to push the pro-queer crap and pro-abortion stuff. But they're standing up. And, of course, the irony here is that this is a country to whom, once upon a time, European and American missionaries went to evangelize. And now those who are evangelized and still hold the truth need to go to Europe and come back to America and come to America to evangelize this country because we're in a race to hell and leading. We're actually we are actually a far more morally corrupt country than Russia and China as far as customs go, civil, the, the culture and the customs. Russia's not pro-abortion anymore. Putin signed a big bill last year restricting homosexual activism, homosexual advertisements. He said, don't you mess with our kids. He stuck it to B.O.'s face, Barack Obama's face during the Olympics. Don't you bring your queer crap over here. Okay, where he is in the Ukraine, that's a complex topic. I'm not going to get into it. But without question, Vladimir Putin is about 400% more moral, maybe 4,000% more moral than Joe Cornpop Biden. We're going to talk about his garbage next week and is hanging the queer flag center on the White House with the American flags to flank to the right and left. People saluting it. Trannies running around, some of them naked on the White House lawn. 
the San Francisco Sheriff's Department standing there saluting a queer flag. The uh, the meme put out by the Air Force Academy shows a cadet, a shadow of one, or whatever they call newbies in the Air Force. I don't know what the term is. Saluting a queer flag. Pride this, Pride Month, Pride all that is so infected the government, and it all started with Bill Clinton. It actually did. So, one more piece of good news. No, I got a couple more. I'm going to shift topics a little bit, but they are certainly related because we have now the second GOP lawmaker that's introduced articles of impeachment against both Biden and Harris. Biden certainly for the five million five million dollar bribe he took. Harris because she hasn't done jack squat diddly, including complete embarrassment every time she speaks. Never has done anything on the border. She's supposed to be the border czar and hasn't done jack. They just need to both go. Wouldn't that be something? They both get impeached, and then Kevin McCarthy is president. That would be interesting. But you see what the left's strategy is here. Is the left's strategy, and, and mark my words on this, is to so overwhelm the American system with moral depredation, despotism, despondency, debt, illegal immigration, that the only alternative is a complete change of government, i.e. socialism with a quick trip into communism. The left strategy is to so overwhelm the United States system in all these areas, from welfare to debt, like I said, that they will never have to win a fair election Again. Ever. You see, it was Saul Alinsky who wrote the Rules for Radicals, picked up by Cloward and Piven, who are gods in the eyes of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. They idolized Cloward Piven and the strategy, and it's right out of the pit of hell. It's socialism slash communism. Because, frankly, if the, if the Democrats win in 2024, it's over. I am personally preparing for secession. I'm beginning to prepare for a civil war, not to overthrow the government. That's not biblical. I'm not here to try to have an insurrection that throws them out. The civil war will not be ever by the right. It will be by the left when states leave. So you see... The left will force the right into a self-defense posture and then allege that the self-defense exercised by the right constitutes mutiny, an insurrection, a rebellion, which then justifies the full force of the federal government but for the fact that maybe the Texas National Guard, maybe the Ohio National Guard, maybe the National Guard of a lot of states aren't buying that crapola and the federal government meets its match against the states, much like Russia is meeting its match in the Ukraine. But lest I be done with this topic, i got to move to one other story. No, i got two more. No, three more that are actually good stories, but in the same vein here. 
and that deals with the um, indictment of Trump in Miami. And if you watch that, of course, CNN, CNN and all the other uh, mainstream left-wing Democratic outlets, the merchandise and marketing arm of the leftist uh, element of the society, they wouldn't cover it. But what did you see? You saw some evangelicals there praying of various races, ethnicities, right? You saw a lot of Hispanics there supporting. This is a Cuban area supporting Trump. But the one that got my attention, had me jumping up and down, was a group called Blacks for Trump. Now, they had their placards. They had their posters and some of that. But what really impressed me out of, I don't know how many were there, at least a couple of dozen, that you could tell from the screen and from the video, was the fact is they had they had Blacks for Trump T-shirts. This is a level of commitment. This isn't about making a poster. This is paying, you know, 50 bucks or whatever for a nice T-shirt to be specially made. I loved it. Now, I'm a white guy, but I sure would love to hang out with those guys if they'd let me. I'm thrilled with that. And uh, this next one. Uh, Byron Donalds, Republican Florida, U.S. Congressman has said we need to have an investigation to determine whether Joey Cornpop Biden ever paid income tax on the $5 million Burisma bribe funneled to him in part by his son Hunter. And did Hunter pay his taxes? What an interesting approach. You see, it reminds me of Al Capone days. I don't know how many people Al Capone personally killed. I, I don't know the story well enough. I'm guessing he personally killed some. He certainly had his minions and his lemmings underneath him, his guidos, uh, exercise the art of elimination, if you call it, against his enemies. But he didn't go to prison for murder. Or organize. He, got, he went to murder for income tax evasion. He went to prison because of an income tax evasion. Church of the Tech, who'd have thunk it? How do you get him there? Well, it's probably the, the, the thing that Al Capone was concerned about the least. And just maybe it's what Joey Cornpop Biden is least concerned about, is having the IRS put it uh, after about... Uh, $2 million of tax money and the investigation that would uncover it. Now, the IRS is just one more group of government hacks, as far as I'm concerned. So it probably will not happen. But you certainly could levy, Congress could levy a tax on Biden's bribery income. They could. I don't think it would be unconstitutional. And then, last and certainly not least, uh, Elon Musk stepped up, to the, stepped up to the plate here. And I love some things that he said. And, and he's responding to Biden's speech on Tuesday where he's talking about all these, these kids being deprived of affirming health care. 
being, in other words, being protected from mutilation, mastectomies, all the stuff that general told destruction that goes on in the name of gender affirming care. Are you kidding me? Well, anyway, Joey has no morals. He's from hell. He is demon possessed. I don't have any thought or question but what he is just plain demon possessed. Keep in mind, I think it's easier for a demon to possess somebody who's really dumb and stupid than somebody who is smart. I don't know. I don't have a biblical basis for that. I'm introducing a human conclusion into a a spiritual thought and concept that I probably am not qualified to speak to, but uh, not being qualified has never stopped me before. But Musk comes out with this statement, "Uh, Joey, they are not your kids. You see, uh, and Musk says, well, that one of the principles of communism is to destroy the nuclear family. Government wants to oust the parents and own the kids of a nation. So when the White House comes out and, and Biden comes out and makes a claim that the government owns the kids and Joey reads, he can't come up with his own. He has to. He's so dumb he has to read his lies. They aren't coming naturally anymore. He said, these are our kids. And to the LGBTQ plus community, the Biden-Harris administration has your back. Well, I'll tell you what, don't turn your back on the Biden administration. Musk chimed in that the White House uh, claim is just simply communistic. He said, quote, our kids are not fodder for the government. He said the proposed legislation in California that would classify non-affirmation of children is child abuse. And Musk is correct. That is the bill that's out in California expected to be signed that if you do not affirm as a parent your child's sexual preference, gender preference, anything at any age, If you don't affirm it, the state will conclude it to be child abuse, and that's a felony. So get this. It's already passed. I forget if it's passed the Senate and needs to go to the Assembly. If it's passed the Assembly, it needs to go to the Senate. It's passed one of the houses. So understand that you parents in California, if you have a child that, that will that wants to be queer because you're letting them get sec- they're letting them get mentally molested in a government school. And they say they're tranny. They say they're the other sex. They're saying all these things that are from the pit of hell. If you don't affirm it, the child turns you in, you would now be guilty of a felony. Prison time, maybe. Huh? Yeah. How about them apples? You think it's time to get air out of California if you still are insistent upon having children in a government school? I don't know. Maybe too late. Don't be, don't be one of the five foolish virgins. Be one of the five wise ones, as referenced in Scripture. Well, okay, now, sadly, i got to go into the harder stuff. But I've got a couple of ideas about how to fight back. And... I want to start with a story about 
um, a fellow by the name of Trevor. Uh, gosh, what is his name here? Uh, Trevor. Gosh, I'm sorry. I lost his name. Uh, he's in Idaho. Trevor helped Travis. Travis Lore. This is a guy who was prevented from graduating from high school because he made the statement that there are only two genders. He made the statement there are only two genders. There's a famous case called Tinker versus Des Moines School District, which famously ruled that students do not shed their First Amendment rights at the schoolhouse gate. And they prevented him from graduation simply for exercising his First Amendment right, simply for speaking the truth. Because he had the guts to speak the truth and would not abide by the administration's lies that kept him from the graduation ceremony. And the word spread to his potential employer for the summer, which was another queer organization, which the U.S. Forest Service River Ranger District for Coeur d'Alene. They rescinded the offer of his employment because he had the guts to say there are only two genders. I'm just getting started to this great idea. Don't go away. Robin Walter with Red Sky Radio. We'll be right back. The Robin Walter Show is a listener-supported program. Your contribution goes to help as many people as possible to hear that the Word of God has answers to help you survive and even thrive in the dark days ahead in this country. We pledge to bring you the critical information you need to make informed decisions in this age where big tech and big media have conspired to rid our country of everything Christian. Please send your support to... Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. Mustang Sunny. Mustang Sally, the best dance song ever, ever recorded. My wife used to request that where someplace where there's a band, hey, could you play Mustang Sally? They'd play it. I couldn't sit still. I had to get out on the floor. Whatever, make a fool of myself. Not really. Actually, I was voted best dancer in high school. But I can't sit still. And then that word got out, and then other people started uh, requesting it, knowing that they could force me out onto the dance floor if they could get the band to play Mustang Sally. Well, I'd much rather talk about music, but i got to get back to the purpose of this program. And I just mentioned a few minutes ago about the uh, student that was banned from graduation after he made the two-gender statement. And then he got routinely fired, basically. They withdrew the offer from the U.S. Forest Service, which is filled with a bunch of queers, because he had the guts to speak the truth. 
Similar incident, and I'm only going to give you three to make my point. So the Blue Jays cut pitcher Anthony Bass after he provides some, uh, quote, anti-LGBTQ plus comments. Well, they're only anti. I mean, well, let's switch it around because Anthony Bass spoke the truth. It's not anti-LGBTQ. They're truth statements about homosexuality. Let's just call it what it is. He gets fired. Let's move on to a hair salon in Virginia Beach where a person of Sydney, York, was fired because she criticized Disney Plus on her personal Facebook page. Had nothing to do with her job, but she wasn't on her job when she posted it. She got fired for being, quote, homophobic, which, of course, means uh, nothing about actually hating homos. It means you don't fear them. A phobia is a fear. Can we not get that straight? She condemned the uh, queer movement because they subverted the symbol of the rainbow, which, as I said, they can't even get that right. There's seven colors in the rainbow, but notwithstanding uh, that oversight, they um, York, York was simply responding to uh, a piece from the National Pornographic, I mean, National Geographic, I'm sorry, called Pride from Above, as though there's some celestial dispensation of pro-queer dogma that everybody needs to bow down and do obeisance unto. But she got fired just like that. So people are getting fired all over the place. And it started with a guy by the name of Matt Barber, who I don't know, but I've talked with him a number of years back because he opposed queer marriage on his personal Facebook page and got fired by Allstate Insurance. You think you're in good hands? Uh, well, maybe you better make sure Allstate washes their hands uh, before you let them touch you. They are so pro everything from the pit of hell. I would never be insured with them. I'm not going to throw my money at them, and I have something I'm going to share with you here in just a couple minutes. But my point about sharing these three stories is if it is legal to fire people for posting and speaking out about the sin of homosexuality, it's also okay to fire people for speaking out about queerdom and the supposed okay nature of everything debauched and abominable as God identifies in Scripture. Now, you see, you can't fire somebody for being a Christian. You can't fire somebody for being homosexual. You can't prevent them from getting a job theoretically because they're Christian or because they're homosexual. But if they're going to speak about it, that's not their job function. You can fire them. And we need... None of these people ever have a lawsuit that makes it anywhere for getting fired for speaking biblical things. We need to have people get fired left and right for pushing publicly, unauthorized in their workplace and workspace, queer bullcrap. Get rid of them. Tell them, take, that, take the fag flag down. I'm not firing you for this, but this has no place here. You're not authorized to put that up any more than we have people putting up crosses in their workspace. Okay? See what happens. It's time to fight. Like I said, this means war.
But I mentioned Allstate, and I want to read something that I dispatched to State Farm about four days ago. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I was firing State Farm because they're sitting at the cutting edge of, um, well, the cutting edge of slicing and dicing the moral fabric of this country. And I fired them. I've been with them for 20 years. But I told the people in the agency, I'm not going to leave without some personal comments in letter form that I would ask that you attempt to accelerate to the various high level, highest levels of State Farm. And I'm here on Father's Day weekend to encourage you, if you, particularly if you're a father, on behalf of your children or your grandchildren or your neighbor's children or grandchildren, do what you need to do to help ensure a better future for them and the greater probability that they won't be preyed upon by the demonic force that, frankly, is the defining characteristic of homosexuality. Here's the letter I wrote. I am going to read it to you in the hopes that it's a certain matter matter of encouragement and inspiration. State Farm. It is with mixed emotions that I write this letter. I have canceled all of our State Farm policies. We have been loyal State Farm insureds for close to 20 years, but no more. State Farm's plunge into the dark side of moral decadence is more than we can support and have moved all of our policies to a far more moral company. State Farm pushed the whole transgender debauchery to a level to include drag shows for young children. Now, you supposedly are the good neighbor, right? But seriously, would a good neighbor encourage five-year-olds to go to drag queen shows? Sure, we've heard that you quit that, at least for a while. But you didn't quit because you were sorry for leading young children into a life of debauchery, misery, and moral reprobation. You quit because you got caught. Pure and simple. Like I heard recently, like a creepy neighbor, State Farm is there. The mixed feeling is this, though. I could not have been more ready and pleased to fire State Farm, but I couldn't be more sad about your employees, who are great here in our town, and having to say goodbye to them. But now, after seeing that State Farm has a 100% CEI rating, with a human rights campaign. You seem to be in a race to hell against Tranheiser Bush and all the other wokester companies. That's State Farm considers cross-dressing, tranny this and tranny that and sodomy to be family values only reveals the Christophobic, bibliophobic, truthophobic, and common sensophobic nature of State Farm. The more you push the immoral, unhealthy, unsavory practice of homosexuality, the more that I think a personal protection plan may be, well, just a little too personal. I would even dare you to read Deuteronomy 22.5, Leviticus 18.22, and Matthew 18.6. You are likely thinking, oh, 
who am I to push my morality on State Farm? But the real question is, who is State Farm to push their immorality on the public and especially children? But of course, I say this with all due respect, Rob Walter. <laughs> okay. Having done all the stand, take a stand, right? When do you push back? When somebody pushes hard enough for a fight, there comes a point where you have to fight. This isn't talking about turning the other cheek, not while children get sodomized and led down the path to hell and corruption and moral depredation, degradation. No. At some point, as Nehemiah said in chapter 4 of Nehemiah, you fight for your families. You fight for your wives, your sons, your daughters, your houses, your land. So when Nehemiah instructed the people, with one hand you lay the bricks on the wall which you've been ordered to build, and the other hand you hold a sword. Now we work with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, because we're not warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the heavenly places. I get that. I do that. But that is not all that's involved. You don't do that while, and do only that, while you just let everybody's child get sucked down some vacuum into hell. People say, well, you, all you can do is pray. Baloney. Faith without works is dead. We say, well, maybe they'll get saved. Well, maybe that teacher might get saved. And maybe not. But how about all the kids that they usher down the path to moral depravity? Isn't that worth stopping? I would say so. And the fact that this has been now picked up by the federal government, the U.S. military makes pride activism its poster boy for Pride Month. The Air Force has got a, a guy, uh, kind of a cadet or whatever they're called in the Air Force, kind of a shadow image saluting the queer flag. They highlight uh, Harvey Milk, who was a predatory pedophile who himself was molested. That's the Air Force. The San Francisco police are saluting the queer flag. The Navy had the transgender, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, a, a false person, a made-up person. I can't even think of the word. And a digital, that's right, a digital tranny using him as a recruiting tool. This is just uh, un unbelievable. You get the FBI. Let's talk about the FBI for a minute because the DOJ is just as bad. So the FBI teams up with a devil pentagram-wearing LGBT queer guy who is Joe Biden's national monkeypox czar, <clears throat> another disease that is exclusively for queers who commit horrific behavior and receive in their bodies that which is frankly due, according to Romans 1. But Christopher Ray invites this guy, goes to the, goes to the unveiling, if you will, 
of the um, pride queer teaching, which is mandatory in the FBI and for which they get credit under their mandatory training requirements, which is led by this Satanist, radical queer Satanist. Is that a redundancy? I don't know. But you've got you've got Christopher Ray giving him a certificate of appreciation in attendance, talking about how this is the way of the future, this is the way of the FBI. We want uh, we're going to have all these people uh, apparently uh, bowing down at the altar of whoredom, queerdom. While oh yeah, while, while the way while we reserve the right to infiltrate Catholic churches and uh, school board meetings to find out who the real domestic terrorists are. The enemy is among us, and it's in our own government. And then the ex, he's an ex-FBI agent now, recently retired by the name of Frank Figliuzzi, who came out and stated on MSNBC on Tuesday that the U.S. needs a domestic terror law. You got that? Domestic terror law to target critics of gender ideology. So domestic terrorism for exercising your First Amendment right to speak the truth. A domestic terrorism law to target anybody who criticizes gender ideology. And he was from the FBI. Girl Scouts, they've gone so queer, it's ridiculous. I don't want to waste my time on the Girl Scouts. But you can now earn a patch, a Girl Scout patch, for participating in pride activities, educational things, and, this is their words, LGBTQI activism. Go march in the parades. Go speak at school boards that don't support the queer tranny thing and earn yourself a little patch and you can wear this pride patch with pride. And while you're at it, uh, doing free advertising for the devil. This is how bad it is. And why have, is it time for war in the spirit and for self-defense? Because war has been declared against us. It is really and truly that simple. And if you look at what is going on in the um, companies uh, around the country, which I have, you know what, I think I just need to reread that list because I got a few minutes here, but I want to finish with a um, Father's Day message of sorts. But listen to this, please. This is a list of, and it's just as, as complete as I can make it right now. There's a lot more, and I'm adding them to them each week. These are the lists of the full-on pro-queer, 100%. You know what? They, they apparently are for grooming as well. Organizations, which you want and need to boycott. We'll start with Fox News, the recent edition from just two days ago. They push 
the queer woke agenda like you cannot believe inside their corporation. Target, Kohl's, PetSmart, Tranheiser-Busch, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, General Motors, State Farm, Allstate, Walmart, Taylor Swift, you ready for this one? Sesame Street, they went queer. The NFL, plan to do everything queer, I'm done with football. Major League Baseball, uh, they pushed the queerdom. Every team had a queer day, except for the Texas Rangers, interestingly. And now, because they only listen to getting, if they get spanked financially hard enough, uh, suddenly you can get their attention. Major League Baseball has now directed all the teams to not wear queer uniforms because it's going to cost them money at the box office, at the ticket counter. So they've switched, and now the queers are mad. Just like the queers and trannies uh, had that bomb thing in Utah somewhere against Target because they decided to pull some of the queer stuff off. You see, a double-minded company is unstable in all of its ways, to quote scripture with a little variation. Bank of Un-America. Bank of America is horrible. Probably the worst bank in the country. Well, I don't know. Now, there's a lot of bad ones. They're pro-abortion and pro-all this other garbage. So I want to speak to something, though, dealing with Father's Day and the importance of one person standing up and why, actually, we have Major League Baseball changing its mind. Yeah, it goes back to the boycott of uh, Tranheiser-Busch and Target, but where does that go to? Does there something that preceded that that caused the, the initial rippling of fear among those who only care for money. And it was. You see, this is Father's Day weekend. The father is to be a, a loving person, like our, our, our Heavenly Father, one who inspires, encourages, saves, but it's also one of discipline, and there are woodshed moments. You see, real men take stands. Real men take strong stands. You don't go get saved, go to Bible school and all this and that, and then having done all the stand, you wither, you cave, you fail. It's a disgrace for a righteous man to falter before authority. That's from Scripture. But I want to tell you where it started. It started with one man. One man started this in January of this year when he refused to wear a queer warm-up jersey for the Philadelphia Flyers National Hockey League team, a defenseman by the name of Ivan Provorov. He wouldn't wear it. He said, it's against my faith. Now, you'd think, Ivan, must, he must be one of these full-throated evangelicals or Pentecostals who, uh, you know, they have these uh, kind of blow-up moments, which I'm not saying are bad. No, he's a Russian Orthodox. Are there, any, are there Christians standing up? Well, there are a few, but they've been encouraged ultimately and indirectly back going to Ivan Provorov, who, when he wouldn't wear that jersey, 
He got booed that night in Philadelphia. He got booed severely because, well, the arena was packed with queers. It was queer night. What do you expect? Except he was back out to play the next night or a couple nights later to a roaring ovation. Management took note. Those who are against queer night are greater than those who are for it. The queers show up for one night of hockey. Real men show up for all the other nights of hockey. And pretty soon, guess what? I think it was the New York Islanders. In New York, of all places. Probably the most pro-queer city in the United States. They decided, you know what? I think we're going to back off. We aren't going to push this. And then another team didn't do it. And then they're finding, and then it, it spreads. And they catch Tranheiser Bush with its pants down, so to speak. And it keeps spreading. But it started really, truly with a Russian Orthodox hockey player who had the guts to stand up for his faith. Now, I don't know if Ivan Provorov is married or is a father. All I know is if he isn't a father, he'd make a great one. And if he is a father, he's a great one. Having done all to stand, he stood. He dealt with a rejection of thousands of people ripped to shreds in the local newspapers. Everybody vilified him. And yet he did not change his mind. He didn't walk it back. He didn't apologize. What so many others do when they get called out and they get uncomfortable because they are disliked by man and they apparently desire the applause of man rather than the favor of God. But not Ivan. And because he took the stand, having done all the stand, he stood there for. It was only a few days before he was rewarded. He was rewarded with an affirmation of his courage, of his faith, of his standing up to tranny, bullcrap, dictatorial, tyrannical, authoritarian management and organizations. He did what a real man does. And so on this Father's Day weekend, men who are listening to this, this is my Father's Day message. You can be tough in the discipline and the woodshed moments, but most of all, your love, your, your inspiration and encouragement to others sometimes is reflected most of all, and especially in the encouragement department, to stand. And who else will take a stand if you take a stand? And what's the possibility that your children will take a stand if they see Pa, if they see Papa standing up for the good of the family, the neighbors, the church, the local community, the state, and the country in the defense of all that's good and godly? That's the message you're sending. So this Father's Day, fathers, don't look to be rewarded, although you will be but look to display the characteristics to your children that will make you worthy of the very gifts and praise they want to bestow upon you. Sit tall in the saddle, America. Remember, you ride for the brand, 
the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. See you next week.